0: This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast. Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed Anniversary Blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand-roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed, and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unboxed Edition tastes any better than the normal Anniversary Blend, That is the word around town, but don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast, the official podcast from Chrome Unboxed, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend this service and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook or an Android device or a Mac or an iPhone or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also offer 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord. N O R D. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey and I am joined today by Gabriel Bringer. Say hello, Gabe. Hello, Gabe. And uh, Robbie Payne.
1: Hey, what's up everyone?
0: <laughs> so we are Chrome Unboxed and we are coming at you with a kind of special episode today with, with coverage of Google I.O. So before we get into that though, I hope that you all maybe notice that the audio quality is a little better. It's a lot better. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, we we got into doing this podcast again and we wanted to do it kind of as easily as possible and using some gear that we had on hand. And as we started getting some more listeners and, and we, you know, started enjoying doing this uh, weekly, we decided to maybe, you know, invest a little bit and, and hopefully uh, this sounds better for you guys and, and you all will, will tune in and, and listen to us for 30 to 45 minutes.
1: Yeah, we figure if, if you're going to be nice enough to listen, you know.
2: Yeah, we don't want you shutting it off halfway through because it sounds like garbage. So yeah. so we're yeah. excited that it sounds better <laughs> than it did.
0: Yeah, so uh, so yeah. So we, we've, we've invested in some gear. Hopefully, hopefully it sounds better, guys. So let's dig right into Google I.O., though. This is Google's developer conference, and we had some people asking online exactly what I.O. stands for.
1: Uh, pretty simple. So in either software or uh, mechanical engineering, uh, it's it's just in out. It's yeah. Input, input output. output. You know, it's it's it sounds really simple, but it's a, a brilliant name for their conference because. Software is constantly dealing, and their hardware is constantly dealing with the, the inputs. So, whether it's user input, it's voice input, it's typing input, it's mouse input, it's touch input, right? And then the output, what the software does as a reaction to those inputs. And, right, because that's, that's the yeah, This conference as a whole
2: focuses on what things can be done, how developers can do that, and then what the end result is for the user, which is the output. So, and what the developers are doing is the input. Right, which it's right. dumbing it down a lot because we're done but you know well, yeah and i think i think it needs to be said like right at the outside here is we talk through
1: anything from google io that if if you are listening to this and you did tune into any of the the actual live videos you realize like that these are definitely developers standing up on stage speaking to groups um and and these are people that are very intelligent um and know a lot about a lot of things and it's real easy to be like what are you talking about? And so we really want to kind of take that, and I don't want to say dumb it down because I don't I don't feel like a dumb person, right? But some of this stuff is hard to understand, and so we try to do our best to get a working knowledge so we can at least say, hey, you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably interested in how this might affect your use case of a Chromebook or something like that down the road. And we're going to try to get to the the big stuff that's been announced,
2: right? Because at the end of the day, I mean, we we do our best to convey this stuff to you all in a way that we would understand it if someone was telling exactly. us. And a lot of times in, in our case, it takes time for us to process all of this stuff to <laughs> <Yeah>. say, <laughs> okay, so here's what they're doing, this is what the end result was and how, how this applies to Chrome OS. And then we hopefully can convey that to you all in a way that makes sense. And a lot of you listening probably have a better grasp on some of this stuff than yeah, we that's ever very, will. Very, so, very yes, I, yeah, absolutely. So, uh,
0: yeah, there's a lot to cover here. But but first, I wanted to start off with some of the um, kind of big announcements that uh, came out of the keynote on the very first day. So, like like you guys were saying, there, there are a lot of these um, very in-depth, you know, sessions that they do. Uh, but they, they did have a a, a, a large uh, keynote at the very beginning of this where they announced some hardware and some rebranding of some things. And and this was kind of more uh, in line with, like, what you might see at a normal keynote or something, you know? This yeah. is, like, you know, making uh, hardware announcements and,
1: and some kind of general news about Google. Right, yeah. And the, the first keynote always at Google I.O. is definitely aimed at the general user. Right. It's where a lot of the news comes and they'll even touch on something sometimes that they're going to go into in depth in a in one of the side talks. And everybody kind of understands. Like this opening keynote, this is for the masses. This is for other people to watch back. You can go on YouTube and watch that thing back. And it's a, an enjoyable enough show. The people that are up there comfortable speaking in front of large audiences, and there's less awkward pauses and stuff like that. And so. Uh, there there were some pretty big announcements this time mm-hmm. around uh, that came from the keynote. and so I know we're gonna chat through. yeah, those. I think I think the
0: first one that that most people probably heard about was the new uh, uh, new phones that were announced. Mm-hmm. So the pixel three a, in the three A X
1: L, not sure what the A stands oh, for. Yeah, that naming scheme. But uh, it's not no. light. And I, I mean, that, these are light yeah. versions of yeah. the three. And I know they're going for the whole Apple thing, right? Everybody's I chasing guess, that kind yeah. of stuff. So Apple does whatever iPhone nine, and then or no, they never did nine. Nine. Yeah, it's the one they didn't do. Good job. So <laughs> 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 we don't know Apple things. Yeah, <laughs> Apple make phone. So. That iPhone eight and then you right. would have the next year you'd have iPhone eight S. Right, right and then or whatever seven, seven S, six, six S, ten, ten S. And you know, that kinda of flows a little bit. The iPhone ten S max. That's that's not terrible. Man. Pixel 3AXL. Man, talk about Love a it. mouthful of syllables and weirdness. I'm just not
2: a fan of that. Hey, and what kind of phone do you got? I, I, three, I don't know. A, you know like, the, it's the this one? one. <laughs> it's a Pixel. New,
0: the new Pixel one. Yeah, yeah the newest
2: <laughs> release. That, yeah. <laughs>
0: so these are. Um, I don't want to call them budget. They're not. They're not budget. But these I, are.
1: I, I would put them in that. Yeah, I would, I it is, mid the lower one. Mid-range. Yeah, yeah. But yeah in, the in low for, Landscape. I mean, four hundred bucks is. Yeah, budget. starting yeah, price I mean, of three ninety-nine. Uh, we'll, go, we'll
2: go ahead and put this out here because he put it out in the beginning of his article. Dieter Bond already called it and said, "If you're going to buy a phone under five hundred dollars, this is the one to do." So. Yeah, and it's getting reviewed. I mean, you can just
1: search YouTube for right. Pixel Three A. Um, and, and check out the reviews because they are all glowing right. positive. Yeah, so it's a, not just like, oh, you know, it's okay for 400 bucks. Like, this is the phone to get. And for a lot of people, it's not like, oh, well, this is the phone to get for $400. It's like, go get this phone because yeah. there, there's just something about paying less money for a piece of hardware that makes you forgive right. it for all yeah, sorts and of The, stuff. T- the wow. two big,
2: big things, <clears throat> takeaways for me is, one, the Pixel obviously is known for its camera. And a lot of people who aren't ready to drop $1,000 on a phone with a great camera can now go spend $400 and have the best camera, arguably the best camera on the market, to every major U.S. carrier. That's the big one for me. You can walk into your T-Mobile store, Sprint store, Verizon, whichever one, and grab the 3As or the 3XL, three, three XL, whatever you want, and that's yeah. a huge deal. So they're still doing the Verizon thing, but clearly they've opened up to other carriers, and I think that will piggyback on Google continuing to produce more than just two flagship phones every year. Yeah, I think you know? so, for sure. Um, and an asterisk to
1: that, it is not – sold through AT&T at this point, which is right, kind correct. of odd. I mean, you can still go buy the thing from Google and put an AT&T SIM card. Right. It's not like it doesn't work. It's just for whatever reason, AT&T chose not to jump on and, and sell that device. So, But I, th- I, I think, in general, the Pixel 3a and 3a XL are going to fundamentally change Google's hardware division. And I say that because... Not only are they getting, these are easily already the best-reviewed Pixel phones that have come out. Right. So, the and then the reason for that is price makes people forgive. And mm-hmm. so, when the Pixel, original Pixel came out, and I was like, oh, it was $750, 800 something like that. It was as much as the iPhone of the time. And as the iPhone prices have gone up, like, Pixel prices have gone up. And, and everyone's always made that a sticking point. Everybody's thought, mm-hmm. you know, this, this is too expensive. It's it's too much for what you're getting. It's not flashy enough for that price. It doesn't quite match up to the price point. And... I've used the Pixel 3 uh, XL since it came out, right, and I love it, but it has not sold well. It's not done well. It didn't get reviewed that well. And, you know, it's not like, other than the camera, people don't have a lot of nice things to say about the Pixel 3 and 3 XL, right? and yet this one has come out, and people are already raving about it, and I think what's going to happen is if Google will put some marketing muscle behind it, and people realize they can go in walk in, because T-Mobile's already doing a trade-in, trade-in all these different phones. We'll just give it to you in bill credits and you'll walk out for free with this phone. I guarantee you people will do like T-Mobile and Sprint will be doing deals
2: over the next six months like crazy. Oh, yeah. They're get popping the Pixel, up everywhere. Buy one,
1: get one. Yeah. Buy one,
2: get two. Buy whatever. All your resellers are giving away $100 yeah. gift I mean, cards. You can get all kinds free Chromebooks over in the UK if you buy one. It's the same effect that we saw with the, the
1: mini, the home mini. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The home mini came out. I was like, oh, crap. You know, a $50 home mini. And it went on sale immediately for like $35 all the time. And guess what? Google moved like a massive amount of those things. And now has moved into this dominant spot in the whole home assistant speaker thing. Whereas Amazon was completely, it wasn't even close. No it even that, in a close race. Guy, yeah. And now they're, they've come in and they've made their mark. And I, I really believe, uh, just like, people love the Nexus line for this reason because it was yeah. cheap and it was affordable. They never marketed it and they never got it into carriers. They didn't really care that much about it then. They do now. And if they advertise and they have this price and a great product that is that feels like, hey, I'm getting a great value for the right. for what I've spent... Uh, and going back to Gabe's point about the camera, like, yeah, you're getting, you're getting, you're getting the best
0: in class camera, right? Not even best in class. You're getting uh, the best, (laughs) you know, and
1: MKBHD does this all the time. He, he hits the the nail on the head with, with reviews. He talked about how they, they kind of flip things over. Like most, most, uh, OEMs cheap out on camera and display and outer external parts and all that stuff, but they make sure you got a fast processor and stuff. And Google kind of cheaped out a little bit on, you know, this this Snapdragon 670 isn't going to be the most uh, amazing uh, processor, but, it, you know, it's decent. It's on par with 835 that was in the Pixel 2, 4 gigs of RAM. None of that's, like, blowing anybody away. But now you've got not best-in-class camera, like, could stand toe-to-toe with the Pixel 3 and 3XL, so arguably best camera right. on any smartphone for $400. That's crazy. And and apparently they put a really good screen in it too. So right. I OLED. Mean, you're you're getting better pieces in a budget phone right. than any other budget phones ever done. And I, I really do think this could be the thing that really tips the scale for Google making phones and thus Google making other hardware too. Like this they need
2: a win in right. the mini. And <laughs> and if they do win, the the really cool thing is that it's a game changer for the market in general, because if they win with this phone, it's putting pressure on the Samsung's and sure, exactly. Huawei's yeah. and the Xiaomi's and all like them. Look
1: at what Samsung and Apple's affordable phone right now, is seven hundred seventy Three yeah. years ago, that was top tier two nope. years ago. That was, that was the most expensive phone you could buy as a $750, $800 phone. And now those are the budget phones yeah. from those two OEMs. And now here comes Google saying, how about $400? And it's just so much more palatable for a, a smartphone. And again, so many people buy their phone for the camera and so now you don't have to go buy all the extra stuff you didn't care about having oh and it's got a headphone jack like what we can't yeah. What, is that? yeah what is a the lowly jack? round circle yeah. Like yeah. it's got a headphone jack
0: the, millenni- what, the millennial over here a headphone jack what is well, that well remember <laughs> what like, do you do with that we, we i'm just somewhere. kidding i know what a headphone jack is for we everyone York out there I'm somewhere we <laughs> needed
1: to record a quick audio and we needed like we had to go find oh, a dongle. gosh, I don't remember what well, that was for. And it just was like, one, like our, one of our, one of
0: our phones, like the phone, phone battery was getting a little low. Something, we needed yeah. to charge and get audio at the same oh, time. Yes. That's, That's what, what it, was. it was. And we, and we, we didn't have the, the dongle to I do. Don't uh, have, I don't have, do. I, don't have the, I don't have
1: the right dongle for that. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Got the one that charges and there's no audio out at that point. That's true. So,
0: exactly. Yeah. So, Oh, don't I,
2: forget you get that sweet call screening too, which is uh, yeah. Pixel exclusive. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, we we could talk all day about this. You're you're getting you're getting pure pure Android. You're getting yep. an amazing screen. You're getting decent fast, fast de- updates. Yeah. Fast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not let's not forget that. So we could we could talk about this all day, but but let's let's move on. Maybe we'll do a we'll we'll do a whole nother section on just the phone, man. <laughs> If Google wants to send us a phone, we'll figure out a way to maybe review it. I don't know. Uh, we'll that probably that, make that happen. We can, yeah, we, we can do that. <laughs> How does this t- tie into your Chromebook? I don't uh, know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Uh, but, uh, okay, so moving on, let, let's talk about um, Google rebranding and introducing a new Nest product.
2: Yeah, so this is, this is pretty cool. Uh, we, we had seen rumors, and uh, we, we knew it was coming, but they have moved the Google Home line under the nest name now so i mean nest is google but still everything's gonna be branded nest from here on out but the new nest hub max is a beefed up version of the google home hug with a 10 inch 10 inch hd display uh, subwoofer two tweeters and uh, the really cool features that we haven't seen on smart displays yet so it does have the nest camera built in it's not just a regular camera it's a nest camera so that means that you're at the office and you want to check on the kitchen, make sure the cat hasn't torn anything up. You can right. flip, it, flip open your Nest mm-hmm. app and you can take a, take a peek at whatever your Nest Hub Max is pointing at. Uh, but well, the, and it, that camera also
0: allows you to do a couple other things.
2: Yeah, this is the really cool thing. Uh, I'm sure any of you who use Google Homes, Home Maxes like we have or whatever, you got the stereo turned all the way up and you're trying to tell Google to chill out for a second and she can't hear you because she's too loud. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Don't blame Google. Google doesn't do that. (laughs) You you turn that up. Sorry. (laughs) Except with the Max. You never turn the Max on full volume. No. So uh, anyways, the camera in the Max will uh, will actually use gestures and uh, it's going to have face matching. So with the gestures, you, you say you're getting a phone call or you need to just turn the volume down for a second or pause it or whatever. You just walk in front of it and it says uh, Rick Osterly, Osterlo said it's going to use on-device machine learning to recognize your hand gestures. You just wave your hand and it'll pause or the volume will turn down if you're getting a video call or something like that. It'd be cool um, if you train it eventually. Yeah. That would this be is going like, to be a fun party, party own, trick, like, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> make your own gestures. Like, if <laughs> I do this, but not if I do this. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So but and to expound on that, face match is gonna utilize the camera as well. And they didn't make mention. We don't know if these are gonna be features that will come to third party uh, displays or not obviously the Google Home Hub doesn't have a camera so it won't get this but Face Match is actually going to identify the person standing in front of the display and it will only display information from that person's which is agenda calendar whatever obviously it has to be someone who's who's linked to that that device but that's really cool because I know at one point I had my uh, main email hooked to our Home Hub and you couldn't see anything because it was nothing but calendar and emails and all these things, and uh we just disconnected that, but to be able to only see the things that you're you have going on you you're getting a cup of coffee, you turn and look at the the hub and it shows you a reminder or a calendar event that you had later today. Or you know a traffic alert for your commute to work, saying hey, there's a wreck. Mm-hmm. You need to go another way. That that's huge deal. Yeah, huge I mean, that, deal. That feels a little more like the future. Yeah, it? you yeah, know, for these like, home assistants, s- yeah. like smart home. We right. uh, we had Home
1: Hub hooked up at. At the office and a co-working space. And so how many, we have what, seven oh accounts gosh, probably too many. that thing. We had way so that, too many. And so it was showing everybody's calendar and everything <laughs> all the time. And i was just like, this feels like an invasion of privacy a little bit. And it wasn't really home's fault. Like it's clearly a Google home hub. Right. So right. it's meant for your house. Like it's not really meant for the office, but this kind of fixes that. Cause now like if I walk up, it's, it's going to know it's me. And, the display is only going to show calendar events for me and my thinking is i don't know if this is the case or not that it's not going to show that stuff until someone's in yeah in that's that's what i would think not i mean it's going to be randomly should just be showing google
2: photos that. or time or right. ambient temperature or whatever and i mean this stuff's incredible i mean it's amazing now um it, it's just the mind-blowing part about it is that there are other things that are so lacking if we can do this which obviously they have can we work on broadcasts please because oh, again, having Google Home devices at the office and at home and all that, yeah. yeah, you need to be able to broadcast. We should just be able a to single say device broadcast or a to group of device. Yeah, so. the fact
1: that broadcast means broadcasting everywhere my Google accounts hooked into <laughs> is super unfortunate. Yeah, It's led to some real weird scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> just, just and while we're at it, like wishing for things, right? If if they can make this work on Home Hub, which is running, you know, basic software, right. You know, can we get some face unlock on Chromebooks? Mm. Can we? Can we just go ahead and do that? Like they've been
2: working on it. Yeah, the code. Intel Photo Library's been in there for Let's months, go. but. Uh-huh. I think
1: it's, you clearly worked on it. Just yeah. like, let's go.
2: You're telling me I can hold my hand up to right my, <laughs> across
0: the room. <laughs> to yeah, my, my Nest Hub Max from a $200 device <laughs> exactly that
1: has a processor in it that probably wouldn't run most yeah. phones now. And right, it's,
2: right.
0: It's smart enough to know right. that it needs to pause whatever let's, it's doing. Let's get yeah,
2: face yeah. unlocked yeah. on Chromebooks. So, uh, so again, this would be a whole other episode, but the the Nest Home, the Nest Hub Max is going to be yeah. They two, got rid of Home, right? So it's Nest right. Hub Max. Yeah. It's $229, which honestly. For the size, because I mean, they have getting? a picture of it next to the original, and it's... It, I'm, it's I'm curious big. to see how it sounds, If too, it's got good sound, so it has a 70-watt subwoofer, if it's got a decent sound, 229, I mean, you got to think, the original Google Home was... One, 129. 129 mm. when it came out, so... Uh, but in that, uh, now that everything's branded nest, now they've lowered some of the prices on some stuff. So the original home hub is now one twenty 29, that's not a sale price. That's the new MSRP, which means you'll see it under a hundred dollars. Right. All, all the, the time. time. Right. Yeah. So, and then something else went down too. was it the Google home? Something uh, went, I think it went maybe. down to 99, maybe the original Google home. Oh yeah. If anybody has the air I freshener. That's the, I still got one. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, uh, My guess
1: is that this allows some differentiation now between... So Google Home is like smart speakers, basically. I said, talk to my assistant done. Everything else is going to fall under this Nest Nest, branding, which... Because of the display and its ability to control, like to touch and control all your smart stuff, it that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, right. And well, there's
2: going to be some uh, steps too for like migrating your Nest account over to your home <laughs> devices. We'll we'll get something out uh, in the next 24 48 hours to show you the steps on that. Yeah. That's and we the, should
1: be. We're hoping to get one from Google uh, to do some testing on. And honestly, if we don't, we'll we'll go we'll go snatch one. let be honest. Back.
2: We're going to buy one. It, or we three. will have one. So <laughs> yeah.
1: we'll know. We'll know we more will about it specifically. Dust at some point in the future yeah yeah so
0: so one uh, one other kind of assistant thing that i wanted to talk through and this is another one we might we might go off on a on a rant uh but the next gen assistant this was something Holy on crap. stage that
1: this was pretty my, much blew my mind Yeah. this is my jaw dropping moment yeah from, from io and if you haven't watched it uh we we've got an article up on the website if you go over to chromeonbox.com there's an article up about what this is and why it should will be important not could be or should be but it absolutely is important but the uh the embedded for the videos there too it's just part of the keynote about 20 or 30 minutes in something Mm -hmm. like that my goodness like in a nutshell what's happening is the vocal models that need to be trained and used for google assistant to work on any device take up at this point somewhere around 100, 100 gigs i believe of space and so to to put that locally on your device it's just too large i mean most devices are 64 gigs or 128 gigs Well, you take the operating system some apps and done you wouldn't have any space so they can't do that well they've had some breakthroughs i didn't say what those were those breakthroughs have allowed them to condense this insanely complex vocal model down to half of a gig so about 500 megabytes so now they can put that model which is in in their words the, the basically you're you're putting the power of google servers literally onto your phone so physically that that it will live in the firmware on your phone. Mm -hmm. And what this allows is this insane quickness with Google assistant to respond to your queries. So right now, if you pick your phone up and whether you have a pixel and you squeeze it or you say, Hey, I'm not going to say it because I don't want your phone to go off. Hey, G as you say that command, Google wakes up and starts listening. You say the command that has to go to the server, get processed, come back down and then do something. And usually it gets followed by Google telling you what it's doing. You know, you'd say, play such and such album. Okay. I'm playing blah, blah, blah album on Google play me. like, it just talks back to you. And it's just kind of like, it's this very asynchronous conversation. Like right. we don't speak that way. I don't talk to Joe and say, Hey Joe, can you grab me, pass me that piece of paper? He just goes, yeah. Passing you the piece of paper. Right. That's so weird. <laughs> and because it's so awkward, uh, for me personally, it makes me not want to like converse or really like. I use the assistant for a handful of things. Right? Yeah, song is this. What's the weather? Yeah. I, you know, it doesn't expand. Grocery list. I yeah, use yeah. For grocery I, list. Some basic things, and that's that's all fine and good. When you watch this demo on stage of this girl just like rattling off one after another, just question and query and pull this up and show me my pictures of this. No, not those. The ones with the rhinos and da 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 and just. One after the other, like there's no pause in between. And the the whole thing with, you know, Google Home speakers right now will, they'll listen after you get done to mm. see if you need to say anything else. It still doesn't feel like synchronous communication. It feels kind of like a, I did that task. You're listening for us to try a new task versus let's just continue this conversation. Yeah, it's completely saying. interactive. I mean, it's just it? so fast. And and what's funny is Sundar, when he introduced it, he said, sometimes when things move this fast, when things are this responsive. Sometimes this and then would make it faster than actually touching or manipulating your phone with right. your hand. And I think that's where they want to get to. They want to get to the point where we talk to Google Assistant and the way that you communicate with your phone or your smart device or whatever, is, is it's easier. It become It feels less friction to use your voice rather than to use your hands to do it. And if they can deliver on that, it will fundamentally change the way that we use Google Assistant to get stuff done. Because... I just want to get to whatever I'm trying to get to faster. I don't really care how I get there, and if I can just speak to my phone and make things happen and feel confident that what I'm telling it's going to work, I'm 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 bought and sold Absolutely. at this point, and using the yeah. assistant in that way. Well, you know,
0: whenever they did the, uh, she called a lift, you know that 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 query there. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't I think she was even saying get get me a lift from my hotel like. Where she was flying to. So she was talking about that trip that she was going on. Yeah. Hey, texting, get me a lift from my, from the, yeah, yeah. Get me a, right. get me a lift from the airport to my hotel. And it's, it recognized I'm all that. I you're talking it, about. And it, and it immediately pulls up. Yeah. It wasn't you know? like,
1: oh, let, let's show the bouncing dots.
0: Yeah. And then, oh, and then here, I'm going to open up lift and you have to do everything else. Like, no, It literally mapped it. the route and it was like, here's your lift. Click confirm.
1: Like, yeah. It's, it's crazy. So, and, and when we get to that point, like, whether it's on a Chromebook or on a phone or whatever, like, I think that becomes the tipping point to where people start thinking, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this for lots of stuff. Right. Like, I will default to this. I'll use right. my hands when I have to. Right. You know, and that, that would be a pretty significant shift in the entire, like, smart home, smart assistant game in general. And it's just crazy, honestly, watching this stuff to see how far Google is ahead of anybody else when right. it comes to AI and smart assistants, mm. it's not even close. I know Alexa's got a lot of skills or whatever, you know, the apps that get built in, but as far as a smart assistant and, and, and AI-driven thing, it's not even
2: close. Right, and and that's, that's pushed it so far so fast because two years ago when Google Home was first becoming a thing, people were saying five, seven, ten years for them to catch Amazon, catch Alexa, and I and mean, getting ready to blaze past Alexa, just yeah, with the capabilities and the 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 acceleration of development is is mind-boggling. Yeah, because yeah. it feels like um,
1: genuine sort of intelligence versus parlor tricks. Right at this point mm-hmm. is what it's starting to feel like, and they're not slowing down. Like, yeah, is this well, punctuation. Uh, I know yeah. you were freaking out about that. Oh, you know, it's just so like they just excited.
0: keep they just keep improving, and it's and it's not. Yeah, like you said, it's not not little tricks. These are. This is stuff that you're going to use. right? And, so, and when you're seeing an email, being able to just say, Just talk. Hey, Robbie. And then it it adds a comma, oh, huh. two he lines paused. down. I'm going to put a yeah. comma
1: and put a break here. And, and then you know,
0: like, no longer having to say question mark. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's insane what they're doing. Uh, you know, it, tied to that, uh, let's talk quickly about uh, duplex for the web. So, uh, Robbie, you and I were talking about this a little bit. This is, this is kind of tied into Assistant. Duplex is kind of how it's um uh, some of the learning that's happening yeah. um and so now they're bringing some of that to the web.
1: Yeah so from what I, the part I can understand is like you know duplex is just a, a part of assistant it's kind of like a framework or yeah. you know it's it's like additional machine learning and additional ai. It's the thing that everybody freaked out about last year when Google's like hey let's show you duplex and you know they staged the call to you know make dinner reservations and it sounds so light. The internet blew up, and, and it yeah. can listen to and kind of react, and you know that stuff that, in general, the assistant can't do on all tasks. And so, obviously, they keep this thing confined to, you know, making dinner reservations or you know making a car reservation or something over the phone. And it's still Im- insanely impressive. I think they said it's available now in like forty-four of uh, the U.S. states mm-hmm. uh, to where you can use Duplex. Um, but Duplex for Web, what they introduced um, at the keynote is that same idea just for like your web browser so in chrome um this gives assistant the ability to leverage chrome and kind of think about autofill like on steroids and so they they kind of demoed this and saying hey uh, uh get me a rental car from enterprise for my upcoming trip and the ai is smart enough to look at your calendar and go oh i see there's an upcoming trip to chicago in three days and it's from this date to this date Oh, and here's your flight information, and so here's how I I would book the car at this destination at this time, it, and it does all of it. Auto fills all of it. Dun 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 dun. Gets to the end. Here's your rental reservation. You look at it and go, Yeah, yeah, looks yeah, good. That, that works. Yeah, that's it <laughs> yeah. push the button. So literally, your workflow would be, Hey G, get me a rental car from Enterprise for my upcoming trip, and then clicking confirm. Click the button. Yeah, like. That's nuts. It's a real it's, personal assistant. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's true. Like they, Now it's it's morphing into this point where it's like, okay, th- it is an assistant. Like It's it's doing the things. I'm sorry. My assistant at work wouldn't be the person I'm asking about the weather
2: and asking to turn on the music. Right, like, right. <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. things I'm asking. It's things that you're doing for me. Right.
1: Yeah. You're able to accomplish some tasks that I, I would normally have to do for myself. Right. Um, and so exciting, exciting stuff coming from the assistant for sure. So, yeah, so there were there was all
0: kinds of great stuff in the keynote, and there were some other things like like Lens Translate, live captioning and relaying, Euphonia, AR Maps for Pixel, and, and just go watch the keynote, uh, the main keynote that, that came out on day one. Go check that out. There's all sorts of great info in there, um, but that was a lot, guys, so let's, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Okay, guys, welcome back. We are going to dig into some of the Chrome OS specific things now. So, so all of that first section was just the cool stuff that happened at the keynote, but they're important. I mean, that that's cool stuff that's happening and it's things that are going to impact Chrome OS and, and Chromebooks, you know, so, so cool stuff there. And again, like I said, before we took the break, make sure to go check out uh, the keynote so you can get caught up on all this stuff, but digging into the Chrome OS specific things. um, One of the things, you know, there was just lots of stats. So, um, so, Robbie, I think you, you had some of those pulled up. You know, I, I I tweeted out or put out on social media one of the stats today about how many Chromebooks were sold in, in Q4 of last yeah, so th- year.
1: That was the first cool stat. And so all this stuff we're going to talk about now is all from these side talks. And so we're going to kind of skim the surface on this stuff. But uh, there's just some cool things coming for Chromebooks uh, and Chrome OS in general and some stuff that they announced that just, they just made official that we knew was coming already. But coming back to the stats, um, they said... of all notebooks sold in Q4 of last year so in the last part of 2018 21% of them were Chromebooks and that's up from uh, I want to say 17% 17 or 18 yeah so a 4% bump which is pretty massive growth in this second oh absolutely so you know one out of five notebooks sold right now is a Chromebook that's that's crazy.
2: Yeah, because four, four or five years ago, it was uh, under 10% easily, maybe okay. five. I mean, yeah, it, it was, was single, low single digits marginal. a couple yeah. years ago. So that was pretty awesome. They shared. They're now uh, in
1: 10,000-plus stores, so I'm assuming they're, they're counting web uh, storefronts and that. Um, they're continuing expansion, um, so they they see continued growth coming. Uh, they're, they have Chromebooks now in nine countries. And then they gave us some stats on total time spent in a couple apps. So they were talking mm. specifically about some apps. And th- what they're trying to do is is make the case for um, developers to make sure their apps work nicely on Chromebooks. Right. And so when they laid this out, they talked specifically about Asphalt 8, which is a, an app they spent some time with Racing the developers. Game. I think it's Gameloft makes it. Gameloft, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they spent some time with them and, and helped them implement um Keyboard, um, you know, making sure their motion controls worked when in tablet mode, that kind of stuff. Well, they wanted to make sure that their their game was working properly with the devices. After they did that, um, they showed that Asphalt Eight had a six x increase in daily activity and a nine times boost in revenue after adding those features that you know they kind of worked with them. And so they're trying to show, like, look, if you will utilize your app and make it work right on Chromebooks and make it work well, and and just do what it's supposed to do on a Chromebook, you're going to make more money. People are going to spend more time in your Mm -hmm. apps. Uh, Concepts, which is a a drawing app that we talked about, uh, compared with other Android devices, users spent 12 times more time and converted two times more paid conversions when compared to other Android devices when using it on a Chromebook. Those numbers went up to 20 times more time spent in the app and four times more conversions when we're talking Pixelbook and Pixel Slate. Wow. The stats are there. It's really clear. It's like, look, developers, there are Chromebook users. So stat one, we're shipping a ton of Chromebooks. Like we've got all kinds of hardware and lots of Chromebooks are being bought and sold and people are buying them, people are using them. The user base is growing. You can't afford to ignore them anymore. And oh, by the way, here's some stats to show that when you actually pay do attention. Right. Yeah, and you do what we're telling you to go do, you'll have better user retention and you're gonna make you'll more make money. money. Like <laughs> it, it 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 it's so simple and yet they'll still be this time next year we'll still be going, Come on guys, get on board, right. you know, make right. your apps work with Chromebooks, but eventually, if we continue seeing this kind of growth, and this is the reason why it's important, if we continue seeing this growth, there's no way that people can continue ignoring larger screens, Chrome OS, right. and foldable phones will help that, you know, because right. the developers are going to have to think past the, the smartphone display, and, and that's the whole point of all these statistics, is to get them moving beyond just a six-inch phone display. Right, and
0: this is yeah, some of those stats, for I mean,
1: that it just blew me away. And the incredible
0: stuff. Um, uh, m- moving on here, let's talk about Android P. Um, getting, getting, basically, I, I forget exactly w- w- when is it rolling out to. Uh,
2: he didn't give it a hard day. Oh, I thought they gave it out. Okay. No, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he said that the majority of devices will have it. Ha- have it. have uh, yeah. uh, to just like ship with it. Like, yeah, that's, that's ship with goal. it. Yeah, I have, I have a couple devices that are on seventy five and seventy six. They both have pie. So I would assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, within, we checked like the Lenovo today. It's on beta in seventy five, and, 75 and yeah, it doesn't. It's so, still not. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, so I mean, so it's, it's just coming. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. coming. Yeah. But that it's cool. Another that that's the goal. Yeah, like, because it,
2: just a few months ago, it was it was made by Google only. That was the only place you'd find yeah. Pi, And now it's it's rolling out for it's more a, and most more of devices. We're just Skip past eight, we're just not gonna. Mess yeah, with that. and it, and that's another thing. The the Android version, for whatever reason, isn't tied to a Chrome OS version. So you might have one that's on seventy five that doesn't have it, and one that's on. S- 74 that does you but the point is it's coming it's it's accelerating and i'd say by the last part of the year most newer devices if not all will have android i mean heck they might be moving on to q by yeah. then it's yeah. like q development has started uh, but just
1: started and yeah. hey it is cool to note too that chromebooks in general don't always need the newest version of um, Android in order to take advantage of the newest features. Right, um, right. So they're not necessarily married just to the Android version. They can take certain features out. Right, and because and your operating them.
2: system is still Chrome OS. It's not running on the Android operating system. It's just using that Android framework and right. the container technology to run the app. So yeah. really, as long as the the... Art containers running the right. way that it should. It doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: But it's it's still cool to see that, that Absolutely. that's, that's yeah, it helps It'll
1: help users know, like, hey, when I'm getting this, I'm getting the latest version right. of Android, too. It makes right. people feel better
2: right. in general.
0: Absolutely. So one other thing that, uh, that we wrote about on the website was one-click Android Studio.
2: Yeah, this has been uh, kind of the focal point of the whole Crostini project. When Linux apps came to Chromebooks officially, one of the key points they made last year was that you'll soon be able to use uh, Android Studio on Chrome OS. And that's a that's a huge deal for developers, especially Android developers and, in part, Google. Uh, but now they've actually made an official install. So if you go to the Android Studio website, they have a preview page that has just a Debian package. You download it, click, install with linux and boom you're up and running with android studio and they've actually they've they showed it i don't know if it's working in stable yet but they have android debugging working you can Mm. plug your uh pixel phone into it and android studio will access the phone so you can you can kind of fiddle with that but i'll be honest with you that's kind of way over my head but it's there, it's there so I, I installed it yesterday <laughs> yeah. it's pretty good it's about 700 meg so it's yeah. take a minute to download but it's there and if you uh, decide you want to tinker and start building your own android app on your chromebook it's there yeah so. that, and that's the end point that's so cool about this is that they're making it very
1: clear um, android development won't just be a a, a little parlor trick for right. chromebooks like they're really saying hey you can you can Built. be a developer with a chromebook mm-hmm. And the security is there um, probably in, in a lot of ways because of the containerized uh, nature of the way Linux runs on a Chromebook. You know, the security may be even better. I mean, Gabe and I were talking about that
2: today. Yeah, like, they, uh, they had a small session last night about Linux on, on Chromebooks, and that was one of the key points is that developers generally will have two devices because they're running scripts and codes and things on one device, and they don't want their personal information on that same device uh everything runs sandbox they they talked about how stuff goes through up to nine layers of security the linux side the apps cannot access the chrome os side mm-hmm. it can only access what you give sharing options to and uh, you essentially can just do everything on one device and security is not really an issue so yeah so i mean they they're making a great case for hey chromebooks are development development machines
0: right yeah and 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 kind of in that same vein here we've got um you know, some of the Android instant app that's, that's, you know, uh, you, you were, uh, d- demoing some of this earlier yeah. so that I could, I could see exactly how it was. Yeah, working. so I was kind
1: of checking it out on my phone. Cause it's, I, I'm not seeing it yet on, yeah. on any of the Chromebooks I have. That doesn't mean it's not rolling out, but it is rolling out soon. Uh, for a refresher, Android instant apps have been around for a little while. Um, uh, the, the idea being that you can compartmentalize part of the app so that it can be delivered via the web or whatever. And, somebody can like try your app a little bit without right. downloading anything. They can just, or they download a small bit. It's, it's yeah, much it's... quicker. It's no install process. They just download and use this little thing. If they like it. They click the button. They go and download the whole, the whole game. So like they, they used uh, uh, clash Royale. As the mm. So if you pull that up on your phone, you'll see, try now you click that button and you're literally boom, almost instantly into the game. That, Whole features just coming to Chromebooks as well, and I think it'll it'll find itself well, you know, uh, received on Chromebooks because it's just nice to be able to quickly click something and try it out and and see if if you want to use it and if that app is going to even work, especially on Chromebooks. Like you can try it and be like, oh yeah, this doesn't scale right, or right, oh, yeah. this has weird black bars on the sides. Yeah, no thanks. Right. Uh, but if you click it and it it looks good and the layout looks awesome, it's like okay, cool. Yeah, let me give this a try.
0: Yeah, and, and speaking of installing things, uh, we've got some. PWA uh, additions coming uh, for installing PWAs.
1: Yeah, and um, this is a thing um, we actually wrote about the idea that this was coming, I don't know, like a month ago, yeah. two months mm-hmm. ago, something like that. Um, and uh, tech dows um, who gets, who you know, they dig around in the Canary Channel a lot and find all kinds of little bitty things. And this was one of those little things that they, they found in Canary a little bit ago. But it's officially coming as of Chrome OS 76, so everybody will see this. And it's just one of those things that is um, kind of a high level alert for users to know when they're navigating a website, this site is available as a PWA. And uh, just in a nutshell, PWAs are, web apps they're progressive web apps and they're ones that run uh, they'll run just as fine in a tab as they will on their own in their own window uh quote unquote installed uh, with an with an icon on your shelf that'll open up just like a standalone app they have all the access they need to notifications and um all the the hardware bits and pieces that run in the background that that help it do more graphically intensive stuff and uh more interactive stuff i mean pwa's are if built correctly uh, just as good as any kind of native app and so people need to know that they're available because there's nowhere you can't really go to the pwa store at this point so eventually we'll probably see them um in the play store maybe i I don't know exactly how distribution is going to work with pwas and so until we have a a generalized place to go get them um it's nice for a website to be able to without being obnoxious like hey you know there's a pwa if you want to install this you know you're at a weather website or something, right. you know. And, right. it was, and it was
0: just up in the right part of yeah. your, your so right URL, URL bar.
1: Yep. just slides over says, install this PWA. Right. And, and that's so, been there before in the menu. There right. was install in the menu, but you had to go looking for it. So now it's this nice little, little nudge. Easier. Just pops up there, click the button, right. boom, it installs, and it's ready to go. Yeah, and something else coming in
0: 76 that we've been tracking, and it's kind of been this behind-the-scenes thing, but now it's official, and they talked about it, and it's virtual desks. Yeah, and they breezed right through it. Oh, you know? yeah, like it was, it was nothing. Like, yeah.
1: Hey, yeah, it's a thing. People want it. Look at that. Cool. It's going to be look, here. Chrome seventy six next thing. Um, and for us, we we're like, whoa, 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 whoa wait, yeah, <laughs> slow you know, down. It was, it was some more just info. Talk about it. Uh, but yeah, virtual desk. We talk. We've talked about it on this podcast. Uh, just the idea that you can have multiple desktop setups. And so, I mean, it's not just a. Yeah, I don't know the way they talked about it in the bug report. It almost felt like. It's going to be a long time before we see this, and apparently they're way further along yeah. on it than they let on because yeah, they said, wouldn't. They didn't need to talk about that. Yeah, he
2: said it was Canary Channel, I think. Yeah, um, so apparently yeah. it's
1: in Canary right now. Uh, Gabe's got the Acer thirteen in Canary, and we can't find the flag that he was referencing because he didn't even tell us what flag it was. So. Uh, like I said, they really. So if anyone breezed. knows, yeah. send us a message. Uh,
0: Before I go
2: home and put about thirty more devices in Canary, yeah. please yeah, yeah, let yeah. me know. Yeah. Keep, let's keep the devices at Please let us know. <laughs> but Same. yeah, that means I mean we'll see it in Dev
1: soon. Cause right. Dev yeah. will be on seventy six absolutely real soon. I would think so. Probably in the next few weeks. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see it. And obviously, obviously I've been so excited about this. As soon as it shows up, we will definitely be making a video Absolutely, to show yeah. this, this thing is, in action. Yeah. Come is. watch
2: Robbie break his Pixelbook or whatever he's using <laughs> well, today.
1: Right. So
0: lastly, with just just one other quick thing here. Uh, we, we they, they talked a little bit about Chrome OS dealing with with ARM and X eighty six and ARM apps and talk a little bit about that, Robbie.
1: Yeah, so that sounds a little overbearing. You start, like, people, people are like, ARM, X86, what does all that mean? X86, just think, like, Intel processors, right. so desktop-type processors, which are in a lot of Chromebooks, by the way, and then ARM being the processors that we see in phones and tablets. Right. And so um, because Android has been a phone operating system primarily for a long time, a lot of developers will just write for ARM, and that's, that's all they write for, even though in Android Studio you can choose to compile your apps for... All of them, right? Thirty-two uh, bit, sixty-four bit, all that right. kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of developers either that wasn't available when they finished their app up, or they just don't want to, or right. whatever, you know. So they've made the you know sixty-four bit ARM version. That's it. That's, I'm not making anything else. And it may be an app that some people want to use on a Chromebook. And exactly, so yeah. uh, Chrome is getting has gotten a ton better because they kind of did this in like, hey, this is what we've been up to the last year. They've gotten a lot better at translating those languages and translating that code uh, so that apps written for arm architecture will just work better on x86 chips. Uh, And, but they, they still said, you know, Hey developers, while this is good and we're getting really good at, you know, being able to parse this code and make this work, you know you can right also just both. go into the SDK and write it for both right please for both. Yeah. <laughs> they still want you to do that but it's cool to know that that they're thinking through those things and not just kind of going well until the developers get on board you know they they're kind of helping fill some of those gaps which is right. which is pretty neat right yeah and 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 you know there's there's a lot of info <laughs> that, that
0: that was talked about and there was a lot of things covered at IO some of which we wrote about. Um, some some of these other things we talked about today, we, you know, we we didn't really uh, write about. But uh, for those things we wrote about, go check it out on ChromeUnbox.com. You know, we've got we've got all of the the full coverage there of the things that that uh, you know we felt like were
1: were were newsworthy. And before we wrap up, I want to mention one other thing. We did write about this on the site, but they announced Flutter one point five. is just it's Google's like all in one. Uh, framework for developing apps. So people have been writing in Flutter for a while now, uh, and they can deploy their app on iOS and Android from the same code base, and that's been really cool. Um, They announced desktop, so now you extend that to Mac OS and Windows and Linux, and so you can write one code base, same app runs on phones and iOS tablets and Android tablets and Chromebooks in Android form, but then also will run on Windows and Mac OS and Linux, and then they enhanced uh, Flutter for web, which is almost like a forked project for right now because I don't want to k- stop progression on Flutter, um, where now you can use these same tools, these same, they like, call them widgets, and I, it's a little over my head, but you can do, use the same tools that you've used, same code base eventually, to write an app for now iOS, for Android, for Windows, for Mac OS, for Linux. And for the web. So you could deploy (laughs) your one app across all those platforms from a single code base. Insane. Yeah, it's nuts. And so now you've got Chromebooks sitting at the center of like, oh, cool. So now we can benefit. If somebody writes in Flutter, we can get the app three ways. We can get it through Linux. We can get it through the web. Or we can get it through Android. And all this is going to do is just continue moving, especially Android development, uh, into a space where it's much easier for them to write for larger screens mm-hmm. like Chromebooks because that, that same
2: code base that they made for the Chromebook can now work on. Right, which was a, a big stuff. key point in multiple sessions during I.O. They continued just just driving home larger screens, uh, mm-hmm. desktop support, the gap between mobile devices and desktop being foldable phones and that things should just be written to work for all of them because yep, yeah. everything the lines are blurring and this is this is the direction the web is going and this is the direction apps are going and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's
1: cool to see Google kind of bought into that and and really pushing developers in yeah. that yeah. in that direction. It's going to benefit Chromebook users mm. big time in the next couple of years. One thing I forgot to mention also.
0: Uh, we had a lot of folks on on social media, asking about the Pixel Book Two and where where is the Pixel Book uh, wow. Two? We have it. <laughs> <laughs> we can't Gabe have it. has had it for it's six months. Pixelbook <laughs> <laughs> it's the second Pixel Book we've had. It's the Pixel Book
2: number two. We number just wrote two. the number two on yeah, it. <laughs> we took a Sharpie and wrote on it. No, we were sad yeah. and not
1: crazy surprised. Yeah, not no, sad. not
2: shocked at all, uh, but sad. At this point, who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah, If they've moved on to a next-gen device, they very well may just keep this one in-house. I mean, we know it exists, and who knows? I mean, maybe they're just using it to tinker at home. Yeah, I
0: think they're just using it to torment Chrome Unboxed. I think that's really what it it is. It would not be (laughs) the first
1: time. (laughs) Yeah, that could be. I don't know. Hopefully, gosh, I, I just, yeah, we talked about Atlas at length in the last podcast. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know, uh, and that's yeah. assuming it's the Pixelbook 2. too. Yeah, they might even who knows. Uh, we're just yeah, we're not sure at this point. So there's so many Chromebooks in development. It's it's difficult to know. Yeah. yeah. So the and there's more coming. I mean, we haven't right.
2: seen anything from Samsung. There's there's oh, more. Yeah. There's more eighth gen, ninth gen, all kinds of stuff in the in the pipeline oh, right now. Oh, and lest we forget that. We're promised a fleet of uh,
1: Snapdragon 845. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Second yeah, half. That's of a year. thing too. So that second whole half. thing is going to happen. We're so coming right up on the second half. <laughs> yeah. So Q3 is going to be interesting. Q4 is probably going to be insane uh, with new devices and stuff. Joe, so, you're going
2: to be really busy. <laughs> we're going to be filming a
1: lot of. stuff. We're going to make a lot yeah. of videos, folks. Okay,
0: so one other thing that we had some people asking about online is campfire.
1: Yeah, also known as Alt-OS, also known as Windows on a Chromebook. And, you know, it's just been a thing that's been around for a long time. People are interested in it, and they clearly were working on it. It's not like, oh, we think they might be trying to mess with, you know, dual booting Windows or who knows. I always thought that there was a possibility – they would have enough of Windows running that just like with Linux doing a VM uh, or, you know, you do a container like you could just spin up a container with the Windows. Do in the same too, thing. Yeah. Right. And just pull up Windows applications. And perhaps they were. Uh, it's just unclear. And as far as IO goes, there was no mention of it whatsoever. It doesn't mean it's dead or gone. But there is some interesting information we've come across uh, concerning it uh, in the last 24, 36 hours. Gabe is prepping an article about that, so if you're listening to this, uh, yeah, keep it uh, locked on to Chromeunbox.com for that article, because it's uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, interesting timing, because
0: so many people were asking us about what was happening at IO and if there was mention. So yeah, just, just, we're, we're not going to give it
1: away. We're not going to yeah, give it away right now. Yeah. We're just, just stay tuned. We're going we're to let Gabe work his over. That's
0: right. That's right. So stay tuned to Chrome Unbox for that. Okay. All right. Before we wrap up here, let's talk quickly about one thing that was not IO related. Yeah.
1: I'm kind of ready to not talk yeah, about let's, IO. Let's
0: move on. We've spent <laughs> almost an hour talking about and, IO. And there the was a few lot. last days. There was Gosh. a lot. There was a lot. So um, yeah, <laughs> one non IO thing i will make Robbie happy here. Let's talk <laughs> about the C434 8-gig version showing up on Amazon.
1: Yeah, so last week uh, we did the whole review and all that stuff based on, well, there's only a 4-gig model of this available, and so if that's not good enough for you, unfortunately this great device may not work for you, yada, yada, yada. And literally, I mean, it was like right. we posted it, the it video, was, and it showed up the next day. Uh, I, you know, I, I honestly think it was within...
0: 12 hours. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> we, yeah, of, because we, of course it was. Because because of course, as soon as we publish a video, that has to happen. I mean, the one the, the guy sent us the, uh, uh, I, I think he sent us a, a tweet or something. It was like, hey, my eight gig version it just shipped. shipped. And we well, were like, wait, what?
1: Yeah. Oh, so, great. Being the impulsive person I am, I was like, well, I want one. So, I went and snagged one. Uh, mine has not shipped. So, yeah. that's, that's important to know. I don't know if uh, his was one of a few that got out maybe they had limited stock or something like that but either way there's a listing a clear listing on amazon um for right now if you go to look at that and you want to go ahead and order it so that you get you know whatever the next on the list yeah um if you go just search asus chromebook c434 um it'll show up likely i don't know how this works and i don't know why amazon does some of the things that they do um but there's like Somebody trying to sell some of them for like eight hundred dollars or something right. crazy. Some, some like if you just click, they created in, listings or something somehow. Yeah. I don't know how they're and So if that, you click into that and it says available from other sellers, you click that. There's the five hundred ninety nine dollar version. Right. So which I'm is tracking. what, which is
0: which is what it costs,
1: right? Yeah. And if you're tracking, that's only thirty bucks more. So you're you're doubling your RAM for thirty dollars. If you're so spend close don't to buy the four gig. Is that absolutely? what you're telling people? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, I
0: mean, I, unless you like have to have this device right now. Right now, like if you need it, you yeah. need it
1: tomorrow because they're right. saying it's going to ship in the next couple weeks or something right. like that. And very well, could start shipping tomorrow. Right, I, I could check my email here in a minute. It might start shipping right now. So, right. Um, the, they're going to ship them as soon as they get them. Um, but in general, yes, if you're looking at the the Flip C434 and thinking this is this is the Chromebook for me. Why in the world would you not spend 30 more dollars? Right. Like Be- if it was 100 bucks, I get it. But 30 bucks, yeah, absolutely no brainer, get that one. it's still technically listed under $600, so my argument still stands. It still it's, stands. It's the best still Chromebook stands. under $600. What about what about, what about taxes? I I, <laughs> I don't know what how much your taxes yeah. are in your state, so I can't comment. MSRP under, $600. Yep, under $600. That's, $600. That's all we
0: can say cuz we can't we don't know your tax situation, I don't okay? Know. I don't know. That's right. Yeah. It's that's,
1: that's a variable that yeah. I can't factor so. so yeah,
0: I mean in our, I just I, I we don't have to talk about this too much, but I just you know, your your main hang up that you had with that thing was that the one we had, the one that we were testing was 4 gigs of yeah. RAM. Yeah, so yeah, And
1: I had to make that point in the
2: review. And they had I'm said, like,
0: "Hey, the other one's coming. We just hadn't heard yet." So it's just like Yeah,
1: it's great that this thing showed up. Yeah. And, and for that price gap, like I, it's not like they're charging another hundred and yeah, something dollars like, like we've, like seen, we've that seen happen. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, here's this version. And here's this other version. That's the exact same thing with four more gigs of Ram for a hundred dollars more 75. Like that's crazy. Cause Ram is not expensive. Right. And it literally for them manufacturing, it's just swapping out that chip that gets soldered onto the board. So don't tell me about manufacturing costs. Right. Don't tell me about, I know. And when you're buying them at scale, it's even cheaper. So, I mean, we're talking single digits, probably a difference in price for them to put eight gigs instead of four gigs of RAM in there, they're not saving or they're not spending much more money. So it's nice to see Asus only charging about $30 right. more to make, you know, a little bit of gap there in variance between yeah. the two. And it's easily, that's, that's the one that should be on sale. Honestly, yeah, exactly. They it, shouldn't it, have even put,
0: well, yeah, why, why did they even put the four know. gig out? Yeah. I don't know. Anywho, anywho, kudos to Asus for not charging a whole bunch for that. And for, and for, putting it out right after we put out our video yeah, yeah. For like
1: that. super like super duper timing they're, they're getting me back that's what's happening <laughs> i think so they're, they're still <laughs> I mad think so. i think they're mad <laughs> i did that review of the uh, c223 Two, yeah the little red yep, one yep yep and i dogged yeah, it, it, it was bad. not great it, it was deserveded. not a great device it, yes. the screen was real yes. bad it's cheap but right you know you got to be honest. Yeah. You
0: got to be honest. You got to tell the people your honest opinion.
1: Tell the people. Yes, the people. I, to, I have <laughs> so, to convey it. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was rough, and I was rough on it.
0: But then they come back with the, the, the 434, uh-huh. and, and it's so I, that's great. That's why I'm tough on it's ASUS. It's so great. ASUS makes yeah. awesome stuff. Yeah. So oh, by the see way. they make non-awesome stuff, I'm, if, if, I'm tough if, on them. If someone from ASUS is listening and wants to send us one of their portable screens
1: we'll we'll gladly test one Zen screen go i've been told that one's for the cajuns yeah well no i'm talking about the new one the pro art this this oh this brand we saw one. that at CES. yeah and yeah, it was like give me one they didn't even know when it was even going to come out at that point like
0: i'll just use that as my monitor
1: like i'll just use that
0: i'll get me a little stand and just use that as my monitor yeah so anywho all right folks this <laughs> this is this has been our longest podcast uh so i hope you enjoyed it i hope that the audio sounds better um, we, we wanted to invest in this podcast because we really enjoy doing this. So we hope that you all do ho- hope, hope that you all enjoy too. You, I you hope, hope you enjoy you, this too. I hope <laughs> that you enjoy doing it too. I've you been, don't have to do anything. We just got to listen. We've been recording for so long. I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, folks. Uh, hope you enjoyed. Uh, we'll catch you next time. See ya. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunboxed.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to follow our website, chromeunboxed.com and check us out on social media by searching at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.